Welcome to the Boss Mama's Mindset. I'm your host, Laura Gadanen, a boss mama who understands what it takes to break free from limiting beliefs and step fully into her unique power. Every other week, you can find a new episode where I interview real boss mamas who share their stories to inspire you to create the life you love. It's everything you need to know to get out of your comfort zone, own your uniqueness, and level up in your life and business. On that note, grab a cup of coffee and get cozy with me as I interview today's Boss Mama. Hello, Lady Boss Mamas. How's everybody doing today? I am really good. I had a lot of soul cleansing and transformations over a four-day retreat with Soul Society, which was led by Dr. Erin. If you don't know her, she's also CEO of Good Morning La La Land here in West Hollywood. And um, it was just amazing. We got to share each other's stories and wow, powerful stuff that women go through. I mean, humans go through in general, but in this group, it was women. And how these moments in our lives really define us and change you know, everything for us. And that's through these dark moments, this darkness that we really discover the light. And actually that's why I'm so excited for today's guest, because I believe um, as somebody who has also experienced her own version of darkness, and I can't wait to share that, she is impacting now so many children and just parents in general to really look at these um, you know, circumstances and really rise above it. So thank you so much, Austin, for being here. Do you want to share with everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. First of all, Laura, thank you so much for having me on this amazing podcast full of just inspirational content for women and mothers. It's, it's a, truly an honor to, to join you and, and talk about what's going on. So um, I am an actress in Los Angeles. I'm originally from North Carolina. Um, but I've been out here acting and producing and writing for uh, almost 16 years. Um, but the reason that I'm here today is because I have taken a huge leap of faith and I've written my first children's book. Uh, it's called The Miracle Tree, and it was written to inspire sick children and their families when they're going through really rough times. Um, so it actually has only been out uh, for two weeks now. So it's, it's pretty new and it's, and it's very scary, but that's what I'm here to talk with you about today. That's so awesome. And you, just to give a little bit of background, um, when you say acting, you're actually a pretty big deal. You've done some big <laughs> movies. And so I love how humble you are. But um, just to name a few, you've done Dolphin's Tale 1 and 2, correct? Yes. Those are, that's what I'm most known for because it's, it's amazing, this movie these, – these movies, actually, they continue to, to find a new audience. We have um, – a couple trips down there every year the um, a few other cast members and myself do. And the majority of the children that are coming were not even alive when we filmed the first one and released it. So they're four and five-year-olds that are, that are just now discovering this movie. And it's, it's just continuing to develop a fan base with, with kids and inspire them through whatever they're going through. And it's such an honor to be a part of something where you actually see the impact that art can have on the lives of people around the world. And I, and I literally mean around the world. We have people from Switzerland and Africa and, uh, you know, China and just, I mean, like everywhere around the world coming to the aquarium because this movie has inspired them in some way. So it's, it's profound. That's amazing. 
Um, for anybody who hasn't watched it, do you want to give like a quick main <laughs> takeaway and encourage people why they should watch it? I, I honestly can't wait to watch it with my son. He's, you know, he's only two and a half. And so getting him through a whole movie is not yet possible. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think soon enough when the time is right. Yeah. I think they're like, like three and a half, four is usually when they become just enough, um, like aware enough to be able to sit through a non-animated movie. Yeah. Um, but so the, the movies Dolphin Tale and Dolphin Tale 2 are centered around this little dolphin winter that was rescued having been trapped in a crab trap. She actually uh, got her tail like spun in the, cra- in the crab trap and it cut off the circulation and she ended up losing her tail. And they figured out a way to put a prosthetic tail on this dolphin. So she has inspired kids going through medical issues, uh, psychological issues, soldiers coming back from war, anybody who has a prosthesis, anybody who's going through health struggles. This dolphin, in her journey, has inspired people to just not give up and to just keep going and persevere. And, and they have a saying at the aquarium where we filmed the movies, and it's, if winter can, I can. And it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, these kids are like, I was going in for my ninth open heart surgery and I watched the movie yet again. And it it told me that I could be brave and that I could do it. And it's just like, it's hard to not just cry the entire time I'm down there because these kids, they just tell you these stories of like what they've gone through and how winter has changed their lives. And you're just like, I got to be a part of sharing this story with the world. What an honor. It's, it's very incredible. Wow. You gave me the chills. Um, yeah, I've seen it and I love the film and I really, it's so important to inspire and I love inspiring through stories. Um, obviously yeah. <laughs> so this touched you at a personal level and it also became the reason why behind the book. So can you share more about your own story and what prompted you to write this book? Of course. Uh, so Basically, like I mentioned earlier, uh, there's two other cast members and myself that are brought down to Florida pretty frequently to visit kids in the hospital there, to meet with kids who have come to the aquarium, to uh, you know visit Winter, who's inspired them through whatever journey they're going through. And it was during one of the visits in the hospital that I, I turned the corner and I saw this little girl and it was like looking at my baby pictures. I knew exactly when I saw her what she was going through because I went through the same thing. And I asked her mom, I said, does she have post-orbital cellulitis? And the mom just kind of looked at me like, what are you a doctor? How do you know that? And I said, you know, I, I had the same thing when I was about her age. And the mother just burst into tears and she's like, you're fine. You didn't go blind. Your face isn't deformed. You didn't die. And I was like, no, you know, I'm, I'm totally fine. And I, and I have all the confidence that your, your kid will be too. And so we left that hotel. I mean, that, um, hospital room. And I, of course, broke down into tears because I had never met anybody who had what I had when I was a little girl. And all of my coworkers are just standing there looking at me like, why have you not told us this? What did you go through again? And I said, well, you know, here's the story. Here's what I went through. So when I was two and a half years old, it was right at Christmas. And uh, I went down for a nap at my babysitter. And I woke up an hour later with my eye swollen shirt shut and purple. Like it was like I had a baseball on the side of my face. And, um, so my babysitter called my mom and said, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on. She was fine when I laid her down, but now she's just, you know, something's happened. I don't know. So my mom took me to the pediatrician and they were like, please don't stop here. Go straight to the ER. She could die. My mom's like, what? 
And um, so I did, I had this condition called post-orbital cellulitis, which kids can catch. It's just a, a completely random thing. They don't, actually don't know the exact cause of it. And my, um, my eye was being pushed out of the eye socket and over to the left because I had developed this like substantial cyst behind my eye. And they gave me about a 50-50 chance of survival through the night. And they had to do an emergency surgery to, to remove the infection. And um, so when they, when they did this, my dad went down to the Christmas tree in the children's ward and he prayed. And he said, you know, God, if you save my daughter's life this Christmas, I promise you that I will return with my family every Christmas after this to say thank you for saving her life. And we have not missed a year in 35 years. And when I told my coworkers this, they all started crying and they were like, how have you never told us this? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like I was, I didn't think that, and I should also mention that it came back again about 30 days later. So I had to have a second life-saving surgery. And for me, I didn't think it was that big of a deal because I didn't, I, I'm not a cancer survivor. I, you know, I didn't have to have a, an organ transplant or anything. So I didn't think that compared to most of the kids that we were encountering through dolphin tail, that it was really that big of a deal. But the more I shared the story, they were like, this is a huge deal. You should absolutely share this. And again, through my work um, with the aquarium and the hospitals there, I see how isolating childhood illness can be not only for the kids, but also for their families. So I really, I wanted to share my story through a children's book to make sick kids and their families feel normal. I wanted to give them visibility in media. I wanted them to see themselves potentially through my story and be inspired to keep fighting whatever that, you know, they're up against and that, you know, there is hope and, um, there, there are people who make it through and, and live completely normal lives and, 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 you know, I, I'm proof of that. So I thought, you know, why not write a children's book so that I can really target the people that I'm hoping to inspire the most. And, uh, through the grace of God, I, I received a publishing contract out of nowhere and it was just a completely life-changing experience. And that's what brings us to where we are today. Wow. I mean, <clears throat> I can't, I got teary eyed <laughs> because, you know, being a mom and about to have my, my second can't even imagine like being your mom and your dad in that time and all of the crazy things that must have been going through their heads. And you talk about your dad going to the church. Um, I just, I'm so curious. You, you talk to them maybe later on in life. Did you, did you ask like, what did it really take to like get through that? Were there mindset issues or limiting beliefs that they really had to just like place all, all their faith into, you know, a higher power. Like how did, how do you think they did that? Like what advice would they give to other parents? Do you think? My family, we've always been raised in the church. My, our, you know, faith is a huge part of, of our lives and it always has been. And I think that, um, my parents, uh, reaction to anything is always pray about it. You know, just, just, just give it up to God because our, our humanness is going to limit us to the fear and the, you know, imagining of what can happen. And that is going to, that's only going to breed negativity. So they, they just constantly practice giving it over, just giving it up, just giving it up. So I think in this moment, especially when, you know, they said 50, 50 chance of, of surviving through the night, there was just no question what my dad was going to do. And it was just going to be to cry out to God and say, you know, 
you have this because there's nothing humanly that I can do. I am completely limited in every aspect of this because I have no control. So I just, I just give it over to you. And it's something that I constantly try to do in my own life when I have my, you know, first world problems and my worries and, and stuff like that. And, and they're, they are a constant reminder to just, just have faith. We've always been walked through whatever fire we've gone through. We're, we are never alone and just give it up. Just, just truly stop worrying because there's nothing that you can do. Just give it up to God. And that's what they really did. And that's the only thing that helped them through, helped them through that, that whole time period. Wow. I wish we would have met sooner. That was my, <laughs> that's my big year. Word of the year is surrender. Yeah. I'm like oh. such a, a, a challenge with it. I'm, I'm very type A control uh, <laughs> oriented, but I think when you have children in general, you slowly start to have to let go of that. And so I can right. totally relate to them and good for them. I mean, it's so hard being parents, um, but all you really want to do is raise your children in an environment where you want them to see that there's something higher than us and to have faith and all of that. So I just, it's really great. And you were, you were young, but do you remember, like, were you, were there fears or like, how, how, how is it for you when you think back to those moments? I actually remember a lot of that time. Um, you know, I, I did a lot of uh, studying of like childhood psychology when I was in college and everyone said that you don't actually form permanent memories until you're around three or four years old. Mm -hmm. But I remember so much of that time in the hospital. I remember commercials that came on. I remember um, watching different shows. I remember only being scared when my, when my mom and dad were not there. Um, and my mom tells this, this story about how my grandmother came to stay with me overnight because I had an older brother and, my, and it was right at Christmas and my mom had so much to do because she also wanted to make sure that my older brother had a Christmas you know, in addition to his sister being in the hospital and that, you know, things were a little bit normal for him. And, um, so she had had my grandmother agree to stay with me overnight. And apparently I woke up and saw that my mom was not there and would not stop screaming bloody murder until my mother got there. And they were just like, okay, we're going to either have to sedate your daughter or you're going to have to come back to the hospital. My mom was like, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Um, so, you know, I think that that's, that's the only time that I really understood that things were scary is when my parents weren't there. I was too young to understand the impact medically of what was happening. Like you don't get life and death when you're, you know, two and a half, almost three years old. That that's, that's just bigger than our consciousness at that age. But I did understand that something was very serious. Um, but my parents also tell this story about like, um, you know, little Austin. I, I mean, I was what, like, 30 pounds. I was a tiny kid. And, uh, this giant nurse, um, ER nurse came in to, to put an IV in my arm to sedate me for the surgery. Cause I had to have the surgery right away. And he was, you know, my dad tells the story, he's like six, three and, you know, muscle bound. And he came in to, to, uh, administer the IV. And I looked at him and I was like, you get you big hands off of me. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? So like, even at two and a half, I was like, uh, -uh no, 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 I'm boss. Um, so wow, that's that so gave them amazing. all a laugh. <laughs> well, what's interesting about that too? I mean, doing a lot of spiritual work lately, and it's not really religion based. It's you know, so for anybody listening, you don't have to have a certain religion to really feel that there's higher power than yourself, right? right? Um, but uh, we talk about the veil and how 
I took a lot of child psychology as well, but my focus, my emphasis was on organizational psychology, but I took it for interest because I've always been fascinated by kids, especially when you're really young, how it's, you're so um, innocent, pure still, and you see things, you know, you can see things. And the veil doesn't really lift until like you're four. That's what they say. Same as when you get your memory. And this is when fear kicks in and you start to realize, oh, is there good or bad, right or wrong, all that stuff. Right. But it's really interesting um, because a lot of the times, you know, I'm getting um, trained right now on subconscious work within Soul Society and the work that Dr. Aaron does. And I, I'm fascinated by this because I think when we can help moms through trauma, we're helping their kids too. But a lot of the times in the trauma work, when you're working with somebody, they will say, I don't remember, even if they were an adult in a certain situation. So the fact that you can remember is actually quite interesting because it means that you didn't have any, you didn't have any reason to put up blocks yet. You were right. And so I, I, I love that as a, maybe a little token of advice for parents out there that our love and just being there and showing up is really strong and that can help with the, the ease, if you can even call it that of going through the situation because you're surrounded by this love and this energy. If it, does it make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I actually, I remember my parents' presence a lot. I remember mm-hmm. the toys that, 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 cause you know, Santa came to visit me in the hospital because my, you know, Santa's great. Um, I remember the toys that I received. I remember this like little wheel that I would spin that made animal noises. I remember like all of these things, but all of it was with my parents being there. So, um, I never felt unsafe, you know, and, and like, even I'm in the hospital, I'm having a great time. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, like, cause like, that's what I find with a lot of the kids that I meet in the hospitals when I go down to Florida too. They don't know. They're just kids. You know, they're just living their life like a kid. They want to watch cartoons. They want to play with their toys. They want to hang with their family. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't understand all of these pressures. And so that's another reason that I really wanted them to, to maybe see this book because they could be like, Oh, okay, cool. There's other kids too. You know, it's not just me. Other kids went through it and then they came out of it. And so I can too. That's awesome. It makes me think about the documentary heal. Have you seen that yet? Oh, I have Interesting. It's all about how our mind actually has the power to heal our body. And there's, she follows a lot of people all over to see what diseases that they have and gets them to work on it with like um, more natural ways, more natural um, techniques and healers. And um, there was one study she did in really poor countries that people were, where there was a lot of loss and, and diseases coming up, but they seemed so happy. And she asked about it and it was that they just practiced gratitude. And it was mm. just um, like, even in the midst of being, suffering from somebody that they loved, losing somebody that they loved, what they wanted other people to do is show gratitude for what they have in their life because then they could remember the good things. So it was just a really powerful moment in the video, in the documentary where I was like, wow, how, how powerful is our gratitude and our energy? You know? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Wow. So it's, it's beautiful. I love what you're doing. I think, um, 
a book and getting out there is, is a beautiful thing for children. What is one thing that you would want to share that might help more um, mamas out there to, that are struggling with maybe a, a child that has something, what would you say to them? And, and, and would this be a book that you would want them to read to their children? Yeah, that, that's actually why, um, that's, that's the main reason that I wrote it is, is for them to read it to their kids that are going through this. I'm actually getting ready to go do some readings at hospitals, which I'm hoping I don't sob the entire time because they are the, they're the ones that I wrote it for, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, to, to not give up hope and to help your kid realize that they're not alone. There's other kids that are going through this. It doesn't make them, you know, weird or, you know, different that it's just, it's just where they are right now in their life. And if they fight and they keep going, they can get through this too. You know, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm not speaking to the, you know, the terminal kids and, and people that are going through those situations because like, I can't even imagine what those kids are going through and what those parents are going through. But for the kids that are going through things that, you know, like me, that they just needed treatment and, and, or surgery or, or whatever those things are, you know, just don't give up hope. Just keep the faith and just keep, like you said, surrendering and saying, you know, I, there's nothing that I can do humanly except for control my attitude and control what my thoughts are. And I'm not going to let the negativity come just overtake me and then overtake my child too. I just got to keep that mindset that like, you know what, this is happening for a reason and I'm going to keep pushing forward and I'm going to keep my kid upbeat and happy and be there for them like a mother would be. That's awesome. And you're also starting a charity, correct? Yeah, I am. Um, so because again, it all has to do with dolphin tail and that, that, that just experiences continues to be the biggest blessing of my life. But the kids that I meet down there, a lot of them are suffering with these chronic invisible illnesses like gastroparesis and Ehlers-Danlos and amniotic banding syndrome and just different things that, you know, we don't know about because there's just no visibility in, in our media. There's nothing happening. Um, you know, drives and, and races for them or, or, you know, all these different things that they have, you know, the, the, the AIDS walk and the cancer walks and the, um, you know, heart disease walks and, you know, all these things like there's just, there's really kind of nothing out there for all of these conditions that I, that I see these kids suffering from and surviving with. So I decided to start a foundation to be able to actually help them. Cause I've, I've been wanting to do that for years and years and years. So a portion of my own book proceeds are going to go to the foundation. It's called the Miracle Tree Foundation based on the book, The Miracle Tree. And um, we're going to choose a couple of different um, already existing nonprofit NGO charity type situations to to donate to at the end of the year. One of the main things that I think we're going to do this year is um, give to a company called Limitless Solutions that is 3D printing arms for children that were born without limbs or that have had to have amputations. Um, and then also we're hoping to partner with a, a, a charity that deals with something called EB, which they call butterfly syndrome, where like kids can just break out in these blisters, like their skin wasn't formed correctly to be able to adhere to the um, muscle layers below. So if you touch them, their, their, their skin actually breaks out in these horrid blisters Mm-hmm. And it can actually be fatal. So that's another company that we're hoping to, um, not company, charity, that we're hoping to, hoping to partner with and give part of, our, of, of my book proceeds to this year. 
um, as well. So we're, we're still in the, in the process of establishing the 501c3. It takes a very, very, very long time, which I didn't know until I got into this process. Um, but once that's formed, that's what's, uh, that's what's going to happen. And then as we grow, we'll start to accept donations and so on and so forth. We're keeping it very small at the beginning just so that we can get everything, you know, legally in order so that we can actually really help these kids. Ooh, maybe later we should have a podcast on how to set one up because it seems like a lot of moms that I talk to would love to be more involved in charities or, or good work. So um, you could share your, your wisdom and, and journey and lessons learned. <laughs> yes. And it's also, always like that when you start something, right? Oh, You're like, wow, I didn't realize this, this, this. <laughs> well, I mean, especially living in California. So it's like to, to uh, you know, not to divulge too much into this, but it's, um, it's about like a 35 to 40 page application for the oh federal God. nonprofit uh, 501c3 status. And then it's a 44 page application for the California um, 501c3 charity application. And then on top of that, there's all of the um, attorney fees and uh, accounting fees. So if you're going to start this, um, make sure you've saved a little bit of extra money <laughs> because <Good it's>, tip. <laughs> it is, it's, it's pricey. Which I didn't know. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. you know what? I'm, I'm so extremely glad that you have the platform that you do and through the work that you do and been able to bring this book to life. I think it's so important. Um, where can people buy the book? Uh, so it's available at all major online retailers, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, Pals Books, um, it's also available. Um, I have all of the links available on my website. So the miracle It has all the information on the foundation, on the book tour, where to buy it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, you know, Amazon is what most people go most to because people. they get their, they get their prime shipping. Prime. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And I will, I will make sure to link everything in the, the info of the podcast as well. So thank you so much. We got you covered girl. <laughs> Is there um, any um, other message or thing you want to make sure the boss mama community knows before, before we end? I, I think that it's just, it's such a universal thing of wanting to be there for your kids whenever they're going through anything. So I just want to say thank you to these moms because it's just, I mean, I know that my mom it, I'd like I, I, I could just sob right now thinking about how much that woman has done for me. So I just, my body has not made me a mommy yet. <laughs> We're trying, but moms are the actual real life superheroes that we just all need to like hug and say thank you to every single one of you guys. I'm just, I stand in awe of all of you. You know, you're talking to a pregnant woman. You're like making <laughs> me cry through this whole interview. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> We, I mean, the feeling is mutual because I appreciate what you're doing and with some friends or, you know, people in my network that I know have been going through some tough times with their children. I'm certainly excited to share this with them and anyone else out there who either is going through it or knows somebody that's going through it. Um, please, please buy Austin's book and support her charity. And, um, you know, it's all about mindset. Everything Absolutely. boils down to mindset. So 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, we want to hear from all of you guys. What was your favorite part about this podcast? What did you take away? And um, leave us a rating and a comment. We'd love to hear from you. We're on all channels now, including iTunes and all the other things. I can't even list them right now. Um, but we're excited for you to hear this and to share our message with the world. And we will hear from you guys very soon. Thank you. Thank you so much.